Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Ashley Williams is the leading millennial and Gen Z content marketing strategist, spokesperson, consultant, and global speaker for brands that want to reach younger generations. Ashley is the founder and CEO of Rizar, a technology-enabled content marketplace. Through Rizar, brands are able to find and work with millennial and Gen Z content creators worldwide. Ashley, welcome to People First. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm excited. So before we dive into Rizar and the inspiration behind the company, I actually want to take you back to the beginning. So when you were at elementary school, and, you know, like we all do, we have dreams of what we want to be and do when we grow up. So aside from maybe princess, I don't know, or it might be space explorer, what did you want to be when you grew up? Honestly, I wanted to be a singer, but I couldn't sing a note to save my life. And I also wanted to eventually go, I went into acting since I figured, well, if I can't sing, I can still somehow do entertainment of some sort. Okay. So did you take part in school plays and things? I did. And one of my most notable roles was Abigail in The Crucible, which was completely opposite of my personality, but it was very nice to play her. And we had the same initials. So it was great. And that was a musical? Um, it was a play. Uh, oh gosh, I, can't, I feel bad. I can't remember the um, playwright right now, but it was around like witchcraft and like oh yeah I know the story because I ironically had to study that at uh, high school the crucible you know you had to make all your little notes and write the essays about the motivation what's going on and the historical context but I wasn't sure if it was a musical or just a stage yes no they didn't want me to sing (laughs) a step too far perhaps so here's the I was I was doing some research and looking at your story and on the website you talk about one of the inspirations for Rizar was as a teenager struggling to find your voice which given that you were a singer and an actress and so on help me understand what the struggle was and then the inspiration that brought you to founding Rizar. Yeah you know I think at it's interesting. It seems like at some points for many people along our journeys, when as a kid, we seem so hopeful and so certain of ourselves and our capabilities and that anything is possible. And then as you get older, it's almost like kind of the world tells you what you are, what you're not, all these different things. Um, and I really was trying to figure out my place in the world very young. I always was interested in um, like a theor- theor- uh, theory and like purpose things around that nature and philosophical things. And so I really was trying to figure out like, why am I here? And amid all that, I also was dealing with like regular things that kids deal with, with like bullying and also just friendship issues. But I think um, just overwhelmingly, it just felt like I wasn't enough or like constantly trying to feel like I was enough. And also that um, I knew what I was here to do, or at least feeling like I was capable of doing that and getting towards that realm. So it's interesting because that takes courage to form your own company. And if at the back, uh, I know I've been living it for 13 years and that imposter syndrome, that voice at the back of your head that says, well, I'm not enough or I don't have a voice or why me? How do you turn that down then and find the courage to launch a company like Rizar? I have no idea. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think you kind of just learn to push past it. You know, I think it, 
it may never necessarily go away because I'm even now I still have these moments where I'm like really me like who am I or all these things but then I say and I feel led um spiritually that yes it is yes you yes keep pushing forward keep going um and I think also too when I think about who the lives that I may not impact as a result of not moving forward in my purpose, which to me, I want to make sure that while I'm here, I do fulfill the purpose, the mission for me being here. And if I don't do what I was placed here to do, I'm, I'm, I'm scared about what other lives I may have not been able to impact as a result of not having done so. I like that. Cause it goes back to like Simon Sinek's work, which is start with your why and finding the purpose because I can tell you from where I am in my career, and I think I'm a few years older than you, in that, that little voice, that insidious little voice of not being enough or could have done more and should have and whatever, I certainly know that at 52, there I've said it, it's still there. And ironically today, I had a moment this morning where I was listening to another amazing leader tell her story and I was sitting there thinking, well, is it just me? Wow, I, I have not done an nth of the story she shared. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I got an email from another colleague. And he said, and it was along the lines of, I've not done enough. Yeah. And it was funny, it was easy for me to respond to his message and say, oh, toughen up. No, you're, you're, you're amazing. You're an inspiration for me. Taking my own medicine, though, is hard. And I like that reconnecting back to the why and the lives that you're impacting. That's what keeps you grounded and moving forward in spite of the doubt. Yes. And I think it's a daily, almost minute by minute, play by play of of having the courage to do that. And I think um, I get what you're saying, too, because I remember hearing Michelle Obama talk about how she would have those moments, too, where she would say, who am I? Like, I can't believe I'm around these people. Like, do I be yeah. here? And I was thinking to myself, but she's Michelle Obama. Like, how could she? And after uh, hearing that from her, I was like, wow, OK, well, if she's dealing with this at her level and I mean, I I need to just keep going because obviously this is just something that we all just deal with and have. But it definitely should not discourage us. And if anything, it should empower us to move forward every time we have this type of thought like who am I nope who am I I am it is me go for it you know yeah and I think that's the difference between the outside in perspective of I look at you and I look at the impact that Rizar's having already and the growth and the vision that you have for the company Mm -hmm. and I can look at that and go oh my gosh you make that look effortless easy oh you're amazing which you are And then on the inside, what I don't see is that inside out perspective of doubt and uncertainty as we navigate and we're all making it up as we go along. I think that's the biggest epiphany. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I might see her the stories about that, too. Like, I love studying people's biographies and just learning about people's journeys and knowing that most of them say the same thing, that they were just figuring it out. And also, as I talk to more entrepreneurs who are, you know, seen as being successful and most of them still feel like, you know, hey, I was just it was just like luck, a mix of luck and hard work. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I'm very capable and I need to just keep believing in myself and moving forward. And it's hard sometimes. I mean, I have a lot of uh, coaches around me and advisors and people to, to tap into and to encourage me. But I also realize that at the end of the day, I really have to learn techniques and tools to really just push myself. 
Uh, yeah, so it's that having that tribe of trusted confidants, what I'd call allies, who you can act as a sounding board or give you the kick in the pants when you need it <laughs> to help you to move forward. So let's talk a little bit more about your journey. So as you look back over the last few years of the company, what have been some of those highlights for you or surprises? And what have been some of the valleys, those tough times? Yeah, I think at the very uh, kind of going towards, well, I'll start with the valleys first. Um, I think going towards the beginning of the company, it was, I've never had any children, but I, I could, I see like my sister has had my, my niece and at the beginning phase, you're just so excited, you know, and then as it keeps gr growing and even at the, the very beginning of it, like even two years in just seeing like, okay, well, is this ever going to, you know, get going? Is it going to compound? Like what's happening? And moments of even talking to investors or applying different programs or different things and getting rejected or not making it, it it's very disheartening because you kind of question yourself at these times, like, well, what am I doing? Or even as you're building a team, then figuring out that um, certain people on your team are not a good fit or like learning things about yourself and learning that you still have a lot to improve on personally. So there's been so many of these like personal moments of like, oh my gosh, I really need to work on X, Y, Z or team moments or um, looking for uh, pursuing different opportunities and not getting it. But then realizing through the whole journey too, it's like, um, it's not a denial many times, it's just a delay. So it doesn't mean I'm not going to eventually have, and we have a great team now, but in the process of it, getting the great team members doesn't mean that's not going to happen. I'm learning who who's a good fit, who's not, or like, making mistakes. Well, that's a part of success. You have to make the mistakes to do so. Um, or, um, you know, applying to things and eventually getting opportunities. So one of my favorite opportunities that I've had this far was, um, I was a speaker, or I am a speaker for the, the state department. And last year I had the opportunity to go to Belgium, uh, being a part of like, they were looking for a, an entrepreneur, particularly a female entrepreneur to speak to different groups and NGOs and different leaders, um, connected with the EU. And it was just so amazing to be able to share my story and to be able to connect to so many people about entrepreneurship worldwide or issues that different um, groups are going through and our youth are going through. So that was really um, powerful for me and very humbling for me. Um, I also would say just honestly, just even just getting to this point with the company has been highlighted because it's just so many moments of, you know, just highs and lows, but in those lows, they can be very low. And with the highs, like with winning competitions or different things, it can be um, encouraging, but I think it's just the day-to-day -day consistency of pushing yourself because in the day, it's that day-to-day -day that compounds mm -hmm. eventually unfolds to what it is you're aspiring to achieve. So tell us a little bit more about what you're aspiring to achieve and your why. I know you bring together the millennial, the Gen Z um, content creators and brands, but for those listening in, what does that actually mean? <laughs> what is your why and that vision for the future? Yes, especially because we're sometimes millennials and Gen Zers are considered this weird group we are, which we are, I would say, we're very different people um, in some senses. But at the end of the day, I think we do have a lot of things related to values and purpose that is so important to us with making this world a better place. And so for me, I have found that I love creating content and, and all the journey from being a child up until now, it's been all about storytelling, telling mm -hmm. stories, even through these songs and finding different like words or different themes within the songs to tell a greater truth, a greater story, and to really encourage people. So through our content, the ultimate goal 
is to really shape how you see themselves and change in the world. And I think now it's great because we have so many um, opportunities through digital media or through online to be able to have conversations. But with Reserve, we're really trying to compound that, I would say, even more, where we're shaping how youth are not only constructing, constructing content, but also changing how brands are constructing the content that they're making. So it's a partnership um, and helping brands to understand there is a better way of creating content that is meaningful, not just creating content or advertising or marketing for marketing's sake. But when you're doing so, be thoughtful about it, be conscientious about it, and really um, be thought-worthy in how you're making people thrive and how you're making people see themselves. So we're pushing youth to push brands to do that. And at the same time, we're hoping that will shape the marketing industry as a whole so that more people are more conscientious about what they're putting out into the world. Seems like we've come full circle. Because if you go back into history and the olden days, whatever, I, I don't know what cut off to pick, communication was all about stories because a lot of people didn't read. It was the verbal stories, stories passed down through generations that communicated the folklore and the the sense of belonging. And then to your point, I think marketing was all about just buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And it told a story in some ways around, and it's going to make me, you know, taller, faster, better, whatever. It's told me a story that way. But what you described there goes one step further because it's the values, it's the passion, it's engaging the heart. It's sticky. Yes, it's about that connection, the unity of how each of us really can make an impact. Each of us has some significance of being here and helping to articulate that so that more people wake up to that notion that they're not just here just to be here. You're here because there's something for you to do. Something for you to do. So as you, what have you learned about your own leadership journey? I mean, there's one thing building the company, but you also will have gone through a metamorphosis as you've, as you've emerged through those ripples and banks and so on. So what have you learned about what makes for an effective leader? I think really it's the humility part of really knowing that I don't know everything. I definitely don't know everything. And I, I really want to be, I know I have to have a vision and there needs to be a person to have a vision to steer the ship, but there also needs to be moments of being coachable or being moldable and understanding what other people have to say or what, if there is a better way. So I think it's about having this gumption to be able to lead with that vision and to stay as you're making that your North star, but at the same time being open and willing to change when needed so that you can not only um, help other people to have courage to, to have a thought, to, to speak up and to say what their truth is and to say their opinions, but to also be able to empower them to become their own leaders as well. Mm-hmm. So I recently posted an article about a problem that I have. Um, you can consider it a bit of a failure, but essentially it's buying books and then not getting around to reading them. Yeah. <laughs> but I know I, uh, I've got a whole stack of them. Mm-hmm. And I know you'd mentioned earlier on your team of trusted advisors, coaches and mentors. But my sense is that you're also an avid reader. So when you think about the books that have been influential for you, which is one that comes to mind for you? Um, you Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. I love all of her series, but particularly her first book, my favorite. Okay, You Are a Badass. Okay, I love the title. So what is it about that book then that was is so punchy and, and resonant, resonant for you? 
Well, I just say, let's just start with the title, if not itself. <laughs> I remember I went to the bookstore, like, wait, does that just say badass on it? Is that a and one time, even when we were, I was putting on, we were putting on Rizar, I was thinking, can we say the word bad? I mean, of course, I mean, we're, you know, young people, but I try to be mindful of how we talk about that. So, um, but I think it was just about being bold and being willing to own your life in the sense that you show up here to be powerful and that you show up here also to to really have the courage to go after what it is that you want, to stop doubting yourself, to stop saying, who am I, to stop questioning yourself, but to really tap into your intuition and that internal compass within you. And I feel like there have been moments along my journey with Rizar where I've kind of wibble wobbled because I felt like um, I needed to look to someone else or like, or there was something else when really I always had everything that I needed within me. Now, granted, I still have work to do and improvement on, of course, but the majority of it was already within me if I would have just believed in myself from the get-go. And her book really focuses on how we all need to really tap into this great belief and this great tenacity that we have within us to achieve anything. That's why I just had a flashback to Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Yes. It's always within you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just got to chill as soon as you said that. <laughs> I, like, I, I just put that quote on my Instagram a couple days ago. Synchronous great minds think alike. I love that. Okay. So it's believing you are a badass. So again, let's go full circle because we started talking about imposter syndrome and that internal voice that says I'm not enough. So what are some tactics that you use that work for you? that turn that down and allow you to move forward in spite of. You talked about connecting to the why and remembering the, the people and lives you're going to impact or not impact if you choose not to move forward. What other tactics work for you? You know, I do have a vision board um, by my desk and some of the pictures on there are pictures of things that I did achieve or accomplish. Recently, one of my coaches mentioned to me that I need to also create one that is of things that I did actually accomplish so that I can see that things that I wanted to do in the past and to kind of like, not um, in a braggy way, but just to remind myself that I did it before, things that I wanted to manifest, I can do it again. And we all have that within us. I also, um, and even this, this seems kind of weird, I talk to myself, you know, if I'm about to do something that I'm really nervous about and yeah, I will kind of silently talk to myself like, Ashley, you can do this, you got this, come on. It's okay. Mm -hmm. you do it and then I'll just go for it. Or um, sometimes I write affirmations to myself or I, I also sometimes just kind of write out my feelings about how, how I am feeling. So I'll just like, if I'm having a moment or I'm like unsure and I'm like, okay, let's write this out. Like what's going on? Like what's really going on? I'll re type out everything that I'm feeling. Then I'll go back and read it and I'll be like, okay, this is where this is coming from. So I've, I've really adapted um, different ways and I'm still trying to continue to adapt better ways, but that's really been helpful. I think that's sometimes easy is to, is to take that third party view and either talk about ourselves on the third party or to your point, write it down, because then when you read it back, you just think, oh, come on, you yeah. can do this. Yeah. And Ruby on my team has a, a little jar that well, not a little jar, a big jar that she keeps on her desk mm -hmm. and she'll put in it um, notes of projects that have gone well or um, notes from clients saying thank you. All of the good news stuff goes in there yeah. so that on the tough days she can pull those out and remind herself, but also also, year end, sit down and to your point, a reflection on just how much she has achieved or moved the needle, whatever it might be, 
because we can lose sight of it as we keep running on our hamster wheels versus celebrating those. Yes. And so much. I mean, look, I mean, this year has already gone by. I mean, it's crazy to me how the time flew. And I mean, just having these moments where you can reflect are really important. And I realize I really need to do that a lot more. Mm -hmm. So right now, coming back to Riza, then, are you focused on attracting more brands that are trying to communicate with the millennials and Gen Z? Or are you looking for more content creators to come onto the platform to connect with the brands? I probably would say probably a little bit of both. Um, just the other day, I was actually talking to some students from my Alamar USC, uh, University of Southern California, about opportunities with um, Rizar. So I'm also very mindful that I really want to help young people to build their portfolio and to be able to go into careers and endeavors that they want to pursue through hopefully Rizar being a catalyst. And then with brands as well, helping them and bringing more of them on so that we can grow. All right. So as we come towards the end of our time together, what final thoughts do you have uh, that can help people just understand how they may connect with you and the business and and the future of content marketing? Yeah, I would say um, one thing that uh, I'm always on social media (laughs) normally, even if I'm not like on there necessarily daily, but I'm usually like checking it. So that's one thing. And I would also say on our platform, we're consistently making sure that we're curating it and also having opportunities to showcase what's going on in the millennial and Gen Z world of what we're thinking. So that's also a way. But um, And in the future, I will also be creating a, a video series, a podcast series. So I look forward to doing that. And I would love to interview you too. Oh, I would be honored, but I know in a plug here, it's called the ripple effect of you. Yeah. And when that goes live, I'll make sure all of that, along with your contact information is put on the show notes around this video. Mm-hmm. But actually, I wish you continued success and continued ripple effects in terms of the lives you're impacting. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thank you so much, Stu. And thank you so much for your platform. It's a wonderful and it's so inspiring. And thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.